No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we'll see where Solomon renders a judgment in the case of two disputing prostitutes that demonstrates his wisdom to all Israel. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in 1 Kings chapter 3 on Simply the Bible. Solomon was given the enviable offer by God to ask for anything he wanted. He requested an understanding heart, wisdom. God was pleased with the request and gave him the wisdom, plus, as a bonus, riches and fame. Today we see how Solomon's wisdom manifested itself. We continue in 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 16. Now two women who were harlots came to the king and stood before him. And one woman said, O oh my Lord, this woman and I dwell in the same house, and I gave birth while she was in the house. Then it happened, the third day after I had given birth, that this woman also gave birth, and we were together. No one was with us in the house, except the two of us in the house. And this woman's son died in the night, because she lay on him. So she arose in the middle of the night and took my son from my side, while your maidservant slept and laid him in her bosom, and laid her dead child in my bosom. And when I arose in the morning to nurse my son, there he was, dead. But when I had examined him in the morning, indeed, he was not my son whom I had borne. The first thing that strikes me about this story is that Solomon received these two prostitutes into his court. Probably they had already appeared before a lower court, and the judge was at a loss over what to do. So the case was given to Solomon. But Solomon was not too busy running the kingdom to receive them. Even though these two women were of ill repute, Solomon condescended to hear their dispute. This reminds me of Jesus, who was not too holy or too busy to associate with the social cast-offs. Jesus was accused of being a friend of tax collectors and sinners. The first woman made her case. They were roommates who gave birth three days apart. The baby of one of the women died, so she did the switcheroo in the middle of the night. As there is no honor among thieves, I suppose there's little respect among prostitutes. In the morning light, she realized that the dead baby next to her was not hers. Then the other woman said, No, but the living one is my son, and the dead one is your son. And the first woman said, No, but the dead one is your son, and the living one is my son. Thus they spoke before the king. I wonder how long this ping-pong match went back and forth, each accusing the other of lying. And the king said, the one says, this is my son who lives, and your son is the dead one. And the other says, no, but your son is the dead one, and my son is the living one. Then the king said, bring me a sword. So they brought a sword before the king. And the king said, divide the living child in two, and give half to one and half 
to the other. This reminds me of an illustration I heard. Now, I pretty much was raised as an only child. My only sister is 12 years older than me, so we never engaged in the typical sibling rivalry or arguments. But I heard about one parent, when faced with the task of dividing one piece of pie between two brothers, gave one the knife and said, you may cut the piece and your brother gets to choose. You can be sure that that first brother was very, very careful in cutting the piece of pie. Solomon understood how motherly love works. He knew that if he ordered to divide the child in two, that the child's true mother would react to do everything in her power to keep her child alive. Then the woman whose son was living spoke to the king, for she yearned with compassion for her son. And she said, O oh my Lord, give her the living child and by no means kill him. But the other said, let him be neither mine nor yours, but divide him. So the king answered and said, Give the first woman the living child, and by no means kill him. She is his mother. Now, who can fathom the depth of a mother's love for her children? Most moms would rather sacrifice themselves than see their precious child harmed. Solomon understood this, which proved his wisdom. He understood how people think and how they react. People usually don't express on the outside how they really feel on the inside, but a wise person can look past the show face to discern what's going on in the heart. Now, we wonder what happened to this mother after this. Did she go and sin no more? I think it's a pretty good guess that at least she found a new roommate or maybe chose to live alone. Verse 28, And all Israel heard of the judgment which the king had rendered, and they feared the king, for they saw that the wisdom of God was in him to administer justice. You know, wisdom has its own reward in that if you demonstrate wisdom, then people are going to see it. They're going to understand that you have wisdom by the fact that you simply demonstrate it. Jesus said in Matthew 5.14, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Jesus made it clear that People are ultimately going to see who and what we are. So we are to take advantage of that fact by letting our light shine in such a way that people will see it and realize that it's not coming from us, that it's coming from God. So what are you showing to the world? Solomon now demonstrated to everybody the wisdom that God had given him. Chapter 4. King Solomon was king over all Israel, and these were his officials. Azariah, the son of Zadok, the priest. Elahoreph and Ahijah, the sons of Shisha, scribes. Jehoshaphat, the son of Ahilad, the recorder. Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, over the army. Zadok and Abiathar, the priests. Azariah, the son of Nathan, over the officers. 
Zabad, the son of Nathan, a priest and the king's friend. Ahishar over the household. Adoniram, the son of Abda, over the labor force. Now, delegation of authority is a mark of wisdom, and certainly Solomon demonstrated his wisdom in much delegation. And that is necessary because if you don't delegate, then you limit what you can do. But if you do delegate, you can expand your work. Now, Azariah was the high priest and the son of Zadok. In Hebrew, the word son can also mean grandson. I can understand that, for I have a close relationship with our four grandsons. Azariah was the son of Ahimaaz and the grandson of Zadok. It seems that Ahimaaz died and the office of high priest passed to his son. Elahoreph and Ahijah were scribes or secretaries. The scribes prepared royal documents concerning trade, commerce, and military alliances. Jehoshaphat was the recorder. The recorder chronicled the daily activities of the kingdom. Jehoshaphat also had served in this capacity under King David. Benaiah was the commander-in-chief over the army. He commanded David's bodyguard and now replaced Joab. Zadok and Abiathar had served as priests under David. Solomon still had them serving in this capacity. Abiathar had been exiled to his hometown of Anathoth because of his support of Adonijah's revolt. Apparently, Solomon allowed him to continue to serve as priest, but not in the king's court. Azariah oversaw the twelve officers or governors who were responsible to supply the needs of the kingdom. Zabad was another priest and personal friend of Solomon. I think of how for so many years Billy Graham was the personal pastor of so many presidents. How we could use someone like that today to minister to those who are in high places. Solomon had a huge household and Ahishar oversaw it. And Abda was over the conscripted labor force. Now that mostly consisted of foreigners, although Solomon also required Hebrews to devote four months out of the year for the construction of the temple. And Solomon had 12 governors over all Israel who provided food for the king and his household. Each one made provision for one month of the year. These are their names, Ben-Hur in the mountains of Ephraim, Ben-Deker in Mechaz, Shealbim, Beth Shemesh, and Elon Beth Hanan, Ben-Hesed in Arubath. To him belonged Soko and all the land of Hefer, Ben-Abinadab in all the regions of Dor. He had Tafath, the daughter of Solomon, his wife, Baana, the son of Ahilad in Taanach, Megiddo, and all Bethshean, which is beside Zeratan, below Jezreel, from Bethshean to Abel-Meholah, as far as the other side of Jachnaam. Ben-Geber in Ramoth-Gilead, to him belong the towns of Jair, the son of Manasseh, in Gilead. To him also belong the region of Argob in Bashan, sixty large cities with walls and bronze gate bars. Ahinadab, the son of Iddo, in Mahanaim, Ahimaaz in Naphtali. He also took Basimath, the daughter of Solomon, his wife, Baana, 
the son of Hushai, in Asher and Eloth, Jehoshaphat, the son of Peruah, in Issachar, Shimei, the son of Elah, in Benjamin, Geber, the son of Uri, in the land of Gilead, in the country of Sihon, king of the Amorites, and of Og, king of Bashan. He was the only governor who was in the land. Now, these are a lot of names that really don't mean much to us, but they were governors over the entire land that would supply the needs of the kingdom. Conspicuously absent was a governor over the territory of Judah. It's thought that perhaps Judah was exempt since Solomon was from that tribe. I wonder how the other tribes felt about that. But of course, many years earlier, Samuel warned them that this was the kind of treatment they could expect if they insisted on having a king like the other nations. And now they were getting what they'd asked for. So magnificent was Solomon's kingdom that even Jesus referred to its glory. Such an operation was very expensive to run, and it took a mighty labor force to do it. But even in the organization of his kingdom, Solomon demonstrated great wisdom in administration. Solomon had asked the Lord for an understanding heart, and the Lord gave him all that he asked for, and so much more. God still freely gives wisdom to those who ask. So why don't you try it? You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow, we'll see where Solomon's reign brings glory days to Israel. The nation prospers and is at peace, and God gives Solomon world-renowned wisdom. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of 1 Kings on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible.